Are you ready for some encouragement? Music moves us. It awakens our soul and it brings light to the world. My guest today, Stanton Lanier, is a pianist, a composer, an orchestrator, and a believer. He was inspired at an early age by the great composers, and his music today is loved and listened to by people around the world, young and old alike. His scripture-inspired music is just what we need in this frazzling moment. Join us for this episode of Basecamp Live for our conversation and sampling of his remarkable music, and be ready to be encouraged. mountains. We all face them as we seek to influence the next generation. Get equipped to conquer the challenges, summit the peak, and shape exceptionally thoughtful, compassionate, and flourishing human beings. We call it ancient future education for raising the next generation. Welcome to Basecamp Live. Now your host, Davies Owens. Welcome to Basecamp Live. My great friend Stanton Lanier is on the line. How are you, Stanton? Hey, Davis, I'm doing well. So great to be with you. Yeah, that you have quite a illustrious uh, career in in the music world. If it, I cannot uh, be more excited to introduce you. You and I have known each other now for I don't know multiple decades, and uh, yeah. it goes back a while. You're a, a pianist, a composer, orchestrator, certainly a believer with this vision to just use music to transform lives, and it has certainly happened. 150 uh, plus tracks you've written. Um, over 12 albums and singles. This is just amazing. Enjoyed by millions of listeners around the world as life soundtracks. Uh, you've also, you're sharing with me, just gotten involved of late in, in or- composing and orchestrating for film and television. Uh, you're founder of this, uh, your nonprofit, Music to Light the World. Love that title. Uh, with Music for Hope and Healing. You've, you've impacted cancer patients, orphans in Zambia, so many in need around the world. 27 states you've performed in, in the U.S., Canada, Europe, Australia, 5 million People across 140 countries on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, and and best of all, you're going to be the SCL conference this year, leading music with us. So, Amen. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Well, That's just great. quick for this, kind of your story, Stanton. Where did, did you did you were you born with a piano in front of you? How did this happen? <laughs> well, um, my mom played the piano, but and she had three boys. I'm the oldest of three boys, and when I was six years old, I took my first piano lesson. Um, and it was kind of fun until about the seventh grade when basketball and baseball and sports were taking over and I wanted to be a professional athlete when, when I was 12, you know, sure. um, but I was taking, so I wanted to quit the, the piano lessons and I had to get through that year in middle school. So that, that'll encourage parents if they have a young elementary middle school child, you know, there, there's a hump sometimes you have to get over in your parenting with grace, but with some firmness, like my parents said, well, let's wait till the end of seventh grade and decide next summer. Right. So they didn't let me quit mid year when I wanted to. Um, and I, I, I just took hold in a fresh way in the eighth grade. And I wrote my first song in ninth grade and started writing all these songs in high school. And I would play and sing, but I just always knew I wasn't a vocal artist, really. Like, I, it was a hobby. And I would sometimes do that at church, but it wasn't my, my calling, you know. Um, yeah. but, but I ended up going to Georgia Tech. I majored in chemistry. I got an MBA. I was a certified financial planner. I had about a 15-year business career. But I always played the piano. And occasionally wrote music, and then I had a long lag. <laughs> but I, as I grew in my faith, um, God inspired me to do instrumental music from the Scripture, and I called it Scripture-inspired piano. And the first melody was May 2000, 21 years ago. Right now, it's just like finishing the first ever Scripture-inspired instrumental melody. And now, yeah. like you said, there's 150 plus tracks and written all this music, yeah. and God just inspires it from the from the Word. Well, it's so encouraging, and you and I have known each other since those early days when you were making that transition into 
this is a full-time profession. And, and I think it, so, you know, and I, I think, and again, I'm, I'm for sure, like probably many, a, a, an absolute lover of music, but not one who creates music very well. And when I hear this idea of scripture inspired piano, um, I, I think we all get, you know, when they're vocals and people are singing the Psalms, but when you're playing a piano piece, how is, how does that work? How does that scripture inspired? What is it? Can you give us an example of what that looks like? Yeah. So they, they end up kind of being half and half a theme that I'm reflecting on the scripture in front of me as I compose. And I'm a, I'm a pianist, so I use that to write. And a lot of my music is solo piano, but then other things are more orchestral, but, but the piano is my, my bass instrument. So I'm, I'm looking at the scripture and sometimes my heart just finds notes that thematically express the truth of the scripture. But another half the time, some of the words in the scripture become lyrics. So the piano notes are singing some words and it's, um, I know we're going to maybe sample a couple of tracks, but just a, a quick example that just vocally it was, um, do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. And that became this melody called Thanksgiving from Philippians 4, um, verse 6, about do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with Thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then the peace that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ. So the the piano is often singing some words, but the listener, I thought in the beginning, needed to know that or like mm-hmm. I wanted them to know that. And then God started showing me that the Holy Spirit could take control of all that. And they didn't have to know the backstory and that the, the presence of God was received by the listener. So right. that's, that's some of that, well, and, and how, how they have it. It's just so, it's so, it's kind of a, you know, complete shift in my thinking, having gotten to know you and your vision behind it. Because I think a lot of times we hear instrumental music and you know, it goes in the category of, you know, quote, elevator music or the background stuff and not realizing that it can be, if scripture initiated, can be empowered. And so it's transformative. So just real quick, because there's so many of your stories. I mean, this is this is jaw-dropping to me, the number of people that are being impacted. What are some examples, especially in this last year, my goodness, with COVID and depression right. and how is this music transforming people? Right. So just a couple of stories come to mind. And just first is all the way back to encourage people in their journey and with their family. But, you know, as parents and the kids um, with through SCL, um, that uh, as we obey God and seek to hear his voice and his reveals what he would have us to do, you know, just to take a step of faith one day at a time. But a few years into my early melodies, um, the music got on the Weather Channel, which the receptionist at my office of, of, as a financial planner, her husband worked at the Weather Channel, and somehow it showed up on the local on the eights back in 2003. <laughs> and I got e- I got emails from people that heard the local weather, and they would say that God was in the room with me. I was folding my laundry, and your song came on the Weather Channel, and God was there, like in the room. And another a guy, a 23-year-old young man was in the hospital in Connecticut that had been injured really badly in a car wreck, and he was recovering psychologically and physically, he was burned really badly. And he took time to email me to say, whenever the, the local on the eights weather came on, it gave him hope to make it through another day. Mm. And th- this was before, this was God calling me toward full time. It was like a year or two before it became full time. But in the past year, people now just testify from all over the world to what they experienced, the presence of God, the peace of God, how this gives me hope, how this um, helped me you know, to know where this came from, because I'm with some videos I'm doing now, I'm sharing like the, how I write them and why I wrote the melody. Um, so people can can hear me speak from the piano about like we'll do at the conference, you know, just a little bit of the scripture behind it. But uh, so you can reflect on that or sort of know. But those that don't know the Lord are they receive the peace of God because of the, mm. the surrender of this to him to glorify him. Yeah. 
and share his presence with listeners around the world, and there's no language barrier, so that so there's no English lyrics needed. It's the it's the Holy Spirit language of instrumental music, and Johann Sebastian Bach um, is my favorite composer of all time, and he he was writing music from from uh, in this early 1700s, um, and he said that the aim and final end of all music should be unto the glory of God and the refreshment of the soul, and I. I encountered that in my first year of full-time ministry. Like I, I had played Bach in high school and all growing up, and I didn't know until 2005. I'm a year into ministry, and I encounter that quote, and I'm like, "Oh my goodness!" Like to glorify God and refresh the soul. Like that's what I want to do with my music. Like this, and and he was instrumental, you know, primarily. So, uh, and that's 300 years ago. And if you hear Bach today, if you go play a Bach piece, you'll go, you're, you'll turn your head and go, "What? What is? Like who is that? What is that?" <laughs> and it's Johann Sebastian Bach because his melodies are just unbelievable. And that's what God, you know, he inspires and encourages me to yeah. to seek that, you know, the glorifying of him and the refreshing of the soul of every listener who encounters yeah. music to light the world. And that's one of the reasons, I mean, I love, I mean, I'm a huge fan of your music and I'm constantly, whether I'm traveling or especially if I just need to kind of get recentered on the Lord and, and just focus, it's just, it is transformative music. I can't advocate enough for what you're doing. But again, yeah. just to sp- say this too, because I want to come back to it later in the podcast, this is not just music for a particular generation. In fact, you were saying to me earlier, some of the most uh, numerically largest number of, of listeners are in what age group? Yeah, so there's there are definitely teenagers and people under 25, you know, that, that listen. If you look at the, the data and the statistics from like Spotify and the listening services, some you know, Spotify is like the biggest one in the world. So that, that, that's where most young people are probably listening today, although they could use another service. But they're, they're um, using it to, to study by or to have their quiet time, to read the scripture, to pray. You know, they're, the people have different yeah. uses for it. Um, and it's kind of a, you know, it's it, there's some funny things too. Like some people say, I love it when I'm driving. And then the next person says, are you kidding? Like that would put me to sleep driving. <laughs> but so, so right. some people love it in the car because it's like the presence of God and others don't want it in the car. They want it when they're praying and reading their Bible or in, while they're cooking sure. in the kitchen. Or So these, so it's a, it's a great kind of study music because it's original and not familiar and it doesn't distract. And so it's just nice in the background of life, however you're led to use it. And I, I learned to say, hey, you know, that's fantastic. Whatever somebody would tell me, like I, if they didn't <laughs> tell me what I think they should do with it, you know, <laughs> right. I would say like, oh, here's another idea. Like you could do this. But God just said, hey, calm down. Like stop telling people how to listen to your music. Right. Just right. let me, just let it enter their life through my grace. Yeah. And, and then let, and then let the Holy Spirit, like let them enjoy it how sure. they want to do it, you know? So, well, yeah. it's, it's yeah. so encouraging again, because so many young people today, I mean, again, spiking depression rates, anxiety. I mean, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a pandemic within our pandemic. And I think that's yeah. the, the question is, how does music, we know God uses music. I mean, it's the heavenly language. It's, it's profound. But just to know that, again, what, you've, what you're creating is, is moving, moving young people as well as of all generations. And I do think, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think that you reminded me that, that we, we sing and worship God and give praise to God, but there's a listening kind of worship. Yep. And what, this, what he's taught me is this, this facilitates and enhances hearing the still small voice of God, which every generation needs to hear. So if, we, if, we are, if we're still and we have some music that's God-inspired and Scripture-inspired and we're reflecting on him and saying, Lord, do you have something for me to hear from you in the mystery? And, and the, his ways are higher than our ways from Isaiah 55, uh, 8 and 9. You know he'll he'll speak to us and and we hear the still small voice and that's powerful. I've thought a lot about that. You you've you know I've talked about that before. And again, you think about a typical Sunday morning. We think about there's a rece- you know if you if you were to lay out the whole service in terms of 
our role versus kind of, I guess, God's role, if you will. I mean, so much yeah. of, of our singing instrument, musical side of it is us pushing up our, our activity right. to God. And then right. we go in reception mode around the sermon. But you're saying, no, this, this is where sometimes we need to be quiet and receive. And that's what this music is doing. Yeah. Yeah. He, th- this, uh, the old chemistry major, the analytic, you know, <laughs> I can do numbers all day. I'm very detailed. I'm very, it's yeah. very strange, you know, how God is redeeming the joy and the childlike wonder and faith in me, but that he wants to sing to me. That's what he's been showing me. Like, Stanton, I've been singing over your life. I'm, I have a song for you. And this is true for each of us that the Lord wants to sing to us. But for the most powerful experience of that, we can't be singing. Right. Right. So if if he has if he wants to sing over us, if we're in a listening posture, it's profound. So I hope that mm. encourages somebody. That's a great word. And and again, before we get a break, just given that that our audience is generally involved in classical Christian education, again, that somebody might initially go, well, this sounds like kind of almost new age instrumental music. Like, where is this coming from? We know it's scripture based, but again, very much in this vein of the classical tradition has been very much. It's, it's as you mentioned, Bach earlier has influenced right. you. Yeah, absolutely. The classical uh, learning and memorizing yeah. and influences that I had and then writing by ear. I, I play, I can read music, took 12 years of piano and played the classics. But when I started writing, I composed by ear. And so it's been a maturing thing spiritually for me also to release to God where people are spiritually and why they may listen. Mm. So culturally, culturally, it's really exciting for me that God takes it into spaces musically where people aren't looking for, quote, Christian music or or uh, even classical, they just want to be find some peaceful melody. Right. So God, God's allowing the music to minister in the culture to non-believers. You know, even in that that like you're saying, the new age kind of space. Like people are searching so much there, and they they're they're wanting the beauty, and they don't connect it to God and to Christ yet. Right. Um, but but um. So so it's it's beautiful how God has sort of orchestrated how the music where it goes out and how it touches people in all, yeah. all walks of life. So, yeah. Well, and I wish years ago when I was uh, head of school in Atlanta, um, where, which is where you're based, uh, Heritage Prep, yeah. you came down and did an amazing chapel service. I wish every classical Christian school could have you come in and do chapel because it's a, it's a wonderful wow. way to awaken, to use your very, awaken within us this reminder of the beauty of God. Well, I know folks are listening going, okay, guys, I get it. You're talking too much. We'd love to hear some music from Stan. And so we're going to take a break and come back and I'm going to have you introduce. We're going to look at a couple of the songs that are your top downloads and sort of the, the vision behind it. I think it'll be a, folks will be glad to actually hear the real thing in action. We'll be right back with Stan Lanier. Hi, this is Brad Leyland. And I'm the CEO of The Focus Group. We're a fundraising consulting firm, and our mission is to help build the kingdom of God by helping nonprofits raise all the funds they need to accomplish their missions. Over the past decade, we've partnered with dozens of classical Christian schools around the country by providing training and capital campaign counsel. We're honored to play a role in the growth of this very important movement. If your school is ready to take its fundraising to the next level, We'd love to talk with you. For more information, please visit us at thefocusgroup.com backslash classical. Welcome back to Basecamp here on the line with Stanton Lanier, great friend, gifted musician. Stanton, what's your number one song of all times? What's the, on the greatest hits? What's the one? What is it? <laughs> well, I have my favorites, you know, and there's several, but on Spotify, the top songs the streaming is is called breathe and it came out of psalm 34 um the first two verses of psalm 34 1 and 2 and it says i bless god every chance i get 
my lungs expand with his praise. I live and breathe God. Um, so, so the just as just as worship of God and and God living and breathing Him and giving Him praise and just wanting to hear His voice in our life. So, breathe became a song back on my eleventh um, uh, album, "Climb to the Sky," which is also out of the Psalms about if we climb to the sky, you're there. Um, but um, it, it's such a relevant word for the world. Mm. Like like and God. God gives me these titles, and their and humanity is curious, and so breathe. I think every there was somebody in Indonesia that said, you know, I need to. The air here is is polluted, and I just need a, to breathe. I need a breath of fresh air. So, so, who knows how that enters somebody's life? But the word breathe is a is a longing for humanity because we we quickly relate to catching our breath, taking a breath, taking a pause. Sure, you know, it's it's breathing to live, like a heartbeat, and breathing oxygen. But it but it really makes people think on the need to slow down. So this song is all about helping you be still, take a breath, receive something from God. So Okay, yeah. we're going to listen to it here and then we'll, we'll come back. But this is in terms of scope of download, like is it 1.8 million? Is that is that kind of current number? Yeah, it's this? approaching a couple of million streams on Spotify. And that's that's just Spotify. That's just so Spotify. It's, you know, on, right, on, on Pandora, Amazon Music, Apple, like all through the, the, wow. the uh, YouTube, there's a there's a music video that I'm on the top of a mountain, like playing Breathe, and it's like in the in the morning sunrise with the right. fog. Like, you, if you go check that out no, on YouTube, I, I, it's I was, amazing. Yeah, yeah, we should mention, I do yeah. love your, I, I just Google Stan Lanier on YouTube. It's pretty amazing to see. Um, I, I'm amazed how you're, you're breathing on top of the mountain while playing like that that's pretty talented yeah. too so it's great stuff yeah. all right well let's listen to this segment and we'll be right back Stan, that was beautiful. Breathe is one of my favorites, but uh, in my in my own collection of my favorite Stan Lanier songs, "Awaken the Dawn" would have to be another one. And this was a really unique recording. There's some accompaniment to it, and you tell us you you recorded this at, was at Wyndham Hill um, Studios, yeah, the, right? Well, the guy that founded the guy that founded Wyndham Hill, um, William Ackerman, uh, he lives up in Vermont, and he produced George Winston and, and built the Wyndham Hill instrumental label in the 80s and 90s, um, just beautiful instrumental music. That kind of uh, musical uh, inspiration was there for me, but then the bringing the scripture into that space with that kind of instrumental was really powerful. So yeah, we, we did a lot of solo piano. Uh, we did six albums together in Vermont, um, but we did some accompaniment on some of the tracks, and this particular Awaken the Dawn has a, has a flugelhorn and an English horn, and some vocals and some cello. I mean, it's gorgeous, wow. but, but it's, but it's, it's anointed from God. Like I, we'll talk about where it came from, but I, it's just incredible how it stands uh, true for, you know, when yeah. something's complete, a musical work just, just goes on and lives. So we do want to play a segment, but before we do, do tell where did this, where's the title from and what scripture is it tied to? Yeah, this one, um, 
this, I was in the NIV Bible. I, I look at several different scripture versions um, to, to find the poetry, but it, it's two places in the Psalms, Psalm 57 and Psalm 108. And it says that my heart is steadfast, O God. I will sing, sing and make music to the Lord. I'll get out the harp and the lyre, and I will awaken the dawn. Mm. And this is David. These are David's Psalms. So David's up, David's up before the sun rise, and he's got his harp and lyre, and he's going to awaken the dawn with God. So I, I was wanting to express the hope of God, um, just the, the beauty, the, the grace of a new day and of, of a sunrise where we have a new hope, you know, as we start a new day and the sun comes up, it can be a reminder of the grace and the goodness and faithfulness of God. So it's just an it's essence of hope. And it just, when it hits people, mm. um, they just, uh, some people have, t- have cried to it because they're like, what, what in the world is going on? They tear up. Um, I've people, had people, that aren't so even that believers is, that don't even know what's happening to them, right? Right. Uh, the The YouTube video for this one is on a is filmed on the Atlantic Ocean at sunrise. It's it's and uh, my son uh, and I uh, created this uh, a guy and God did it as the sun came up. But uh, an atheist um, shared with me that 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 I did, they wrote on YouTube like I don't believe in God, but this song spoke to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that and was, like, but yeah, <laughs> I know it really it really spoke to me. And they went and they and they and they made the effort to tell me they didn't believe. And I'm like, oh Lord, thank you so much. That's just that's just amazing. Because right. you know, even Jesus in the um, about telling stories and parables, and the disciples said, why are you why are you telling like all these stories? And one of the phrases that, that used to describe that is nudging people toward receptive insight. Mm. So if we think of our life as a nudge instead of a instead of a all, all encompassing do everything in, a, in one hour just right. just nudge, nudge people closer to Christ and closer to God that's what awaken the dawn did to this individual when they heard it they were, they were and that's my prayer of every piece of music is that people are nudged you know a little closer they're refreshed they're experiencing God in a way they they may not have expected um, but for believers it really is worshipful as we as we mentioned and you can actually hear God's voice listen for God's voice awesome well let's listen to a segment of it again for time we're just giving you kind of a, a minute here of a much right. longer piece so I've, I hope people will co- will uh, go listen to the full piece but let's listen to it right now we'll come back um, and have a few more comments about this Yet again, one of my many favorites, Awaken the Dawn. Um, I got to encourage people to hear the full segment to that. Um, again, the stories you're hearing are profound. What what else has this song done for people? Well, the, the, we speak. We spoke to how it uh, expressing hope, and just in my own life personally, and what I'm hoping and, and people will share they discover is a sense of the joy of God. Like it's we, we talked about um, peace and rest, and sort of hearing His voice, and then hope. And the grace of a new day. But he's my story from the chemistry MBA, financial planner, 
taking things very seriously, even taking my faith walk very seriously. God has shown me he takes, he takes me more seriously than I do. And so I can experience a childlike joy and wonder. I mean, I've been composing pieces to this as well. If, if people, uh, they'll, they'll see them there, you know, yeah. open space, open spaces or breathing wonder is coming out uh, soon. And another one called joy, singing joy. There's, there's joyful melodies and it's expressing the redeeming power of that childlike wonder and faith and joy that the Lord wants us to keep alive in our hearts. Yeah, that sounds great. Well, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back kind of in a closing segment with you, Stanton, just words of uh, encouragement again for ways that your music um, can absolutely impact families and, and young people today, young and old alike. We'll be right back with Stanton Lanier. He's worked with families for more than 30 years as a licensed professional counselor and marriage family therapist. It's time for a quick encouragement on the best practices of raising the next generation. We call it a McCurdy moment. Keith, I think most of us recognize now we've we've got a generation of kids that grew up, you know, showing up for an athletic event and never doing anything but still getting a trophy for it. And I think there's obviously something wrong with that, but there's still this, I think, probably confusion in a lot of our minds around, we do want to build up their self-esteem. We do want them to be self-confident. Help us understand that. Where, where, where's that line between encouraging them and overdoing it? Yeah, you know, I, I think some things we've learned in the last 25, 30 years with self-esteem is that we have definitely overdone it. Um, and here's what, some of the things we know, that when we overinflate self-esteem, when everybody gets a plastic trophy and everybody's getting an award for basically existing and breathing and being a member of a class, um, when we do that, a couple things happen. Number one, we typically increase anxiety and depression among those kids because they find themselves in one of two positions. My parents are telling me how great I am. Everybody's telling me how great I am, yet on the inside, I know I'm not. So that creates a, a, a real a, a discord and often fuels some depression about understanding and knowing who they are. For other kids, it sets a standard that they believe they have to reach. And so they're constantly anxious about whether or not they're gonna be able to reach it and fail, and that drives up anxiety. I have those kids in my office all the time. Another category of, of things that come from this pursuit of overinflating self-esteem is uh, that we create narcissistic tendencies. You know, we're telling a person, if you break that down, self-esteem, pride in self, we're, we're pushing this over-focus on yourself, your own existence, your own experience, and we actually see it developing narcissist, narcissistic tendencies in children. And the third thing we see is, and this is the most troubling day-to-day, -day, I think, an overinflation of self-esteem decreases regard for others. In other words, the more we overinflate self-esteem, the more we are telling a child how great they are, we make it harder for them to see their neighbor. We make it harder for them to, to be selfless. Yeah. And that directly affects their ability to operate in the community they're in. And I see that on a daily basis as one of the worst things coming from this, this drive to in, inflate self-esteem. It seems so counterintuitive. It seems like the very thing we would want to do is actually be affirming them. So, I mean, how do you, how do you again find the line? We, we know we're not going to give our kids a trophy for everything, but are there things that we should be, how can we affirm them without crossing that line? What should we be saying to them? Well, I think, I think we have to tell our kids the truth about some basic things in life. Um, well, one of these, it's not understanding, not having the best self-esteem, but actually seeing yourself accurately, understanding that we are broken. You know, I think Francis Schaeffer referred to us as a glorious ruin. You know, understanding we're broken, yet God made us with a purpose and made us capable. And talk more with our kids about not how great we are, but how God made us to operate in his kingdom. 
You know, equipping a child to get along with his friends is more valuable than any plastic trophy he would get. One comes from understanding your role in God's kingdom, understanding how to deal with those around you. Another comes from just thinking I have to pursue an achievement. Yeah. And seeing yourself certainly as a, as a receiver of unmerited, unconditional love and grace goes a long way to kind of rightly orient that, I would think. Absolutely. Right. Thanks so much, Keith. Got a question for Keith to answer on a future McCurdy moment? Well, send it to us at info at basecamplive.com and learn more about Keith McCurdy on the speaking page on the Basecamp Live website. Well, Stanton, it goes without saying these are some challenging days. I don't know, within our school world, probably the argue, arguably one of the more challenging years, probably most professionals in classical Christian schools and parents have ever had with COVID and everything else. And if there's ever been a time to be encouraged and to pause and to be restored, it's now. Yeah. So what words of encouragement do you have for our, for those who are listening? Well, it's one thing to maybe focus on is just God teaching me the, you know, the patience and the grace that he has with me. Um, also helps me grow and be impatient with him and his will for my life. So like just to try to hear his voice and obey that for today, um, I like to say he reveals things to us and then he invites us into things. And if we're discerning and if we're pursuing him and trying to hear his voice, he'll help us take that next step. But that's, that's what matters is taking a step and celebrating with one another that we're being obedient, you know, day by day, instead of comparing the, the results, which usually take quite a long, quite a while. So the result of our obedience daily will, God will be preparing and working to do a, you know, bear fruit and do more things that we don't see yet, and that's mm. that's happened in my story. So, you know, again, just obviously, our hope at the end of this is that folks will go and listen to your music. I, I think, as we talked earlier, a lot of young people uh, are listening, and it's been it's been it's it's been restoring to us. I mean, as a parent, we have no greater desire than to see our child grow up in, in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And, and I really think your mu- music needs to be a part of it. And again, I think we often have this oversimplified music as either sec- secular music or kind of pop Christian, um, or maybe it's classical that kind of sits over in another category. You, this is almost a new, you've opened, I think you're opening a door for folks for a, really a new way to experience instrumental music that draws them um, into, into Christ. So just again, yeah. w- words of encouragement. Or helpful. Well, yeah. A couple of things that you trigger for me is so just, um, yeah, to, to have started doing this 21 years ago and then 17 years with full-time ministry that scripture inspired piano and taking God's word to create instrumental music is still kind of a rare thing. And I've been doing it for 20 years. I mean, there, there's maybe a few people out there, but this is just a God story that he would take a chemistry major and do a new idea mu- with music yeah. know, to, to take. So, so when I think back to young people and as a, and as a middle schooler, when I accepted Christ in my life, I, I began striving more, more to please people than to please God, because that's what the world was kind of telling me. Like, I, like everybody, I need to please my parents, my teachers, everybody around me. Like, and, and I wasn't hearing God's voice uh, early in my life, but I believe young people can, if they, if they learn about obedience and sort of abiding in him, instead of striving to do well or be successful or that if we abide in him, you know, he promises to bear much fruit um, for apart from him, we can do nothing. So this, there's like this secret of abiding, but it, the world mm. doesn't see it the same way. It's, it's, a, you're mm. on another plane. And so that, that's how, um, that's kind of rootedness is, is how um, God grows us in our life and our ministry yeah. and our fruitfulness and our impact and let just letting our light shine before yeah. people, you know, well, it's music to light the world. It's appropriately, 
your title for yep. all yep. of your work. So, all right. Yeah. Well, so folks can find you. We've mentioned it. I mean, clearly Spotify, any of your favorite players are going to, will have your music. Where else? Right. Right. So yeah, all the, all the digital music services, um, there's sheet music and piano books for, for, for people that like to play the piano and it, even some, some workshops or things I've done to show how I compose. Um, so YouTube and mm. all the, it's kind of putting the name in now. It's just been, been going for 17 plus years. Um, and it's a God story. It's a, I hope it's, you know, my heart is to encourage people in their journey that one day at a time, yeah. God is, God is working powerfully in our lives. And some days we don't feel it. And it's really frustrating. Um, I've written, my, my music is like a journal. It's like my spiritual journal. Like I've written a song called desert thirsty for rain when God seems far away. But then I have awakened the dawn when I'm just, it's like a sanctuary in a waterfall. Like there's sometimes life's dry, like a desert. Sometimes like, like we're in a waterfall and it's like, like we're underneath it and it's like washing on, you know, so yeah. All, all these are part of life and the scripture and the Psalms and just, just uh, trusting him and then tr- try to do what he would have us do just one day at a time and, and he'll be faithful. So good. Well, and you, thank you, Stan. You're, you know, there are so many levels. It, you're an encouragement to me and I noticed so many, not <clears throat> only in the music in and of itself, which is encouraging, but just your life story, your obedience, your faithfulness, your humility and waiting on the Lord to, to guide this process. And so thank you for all you're doing. And I do encourage people to check out your music and certainly um there's a there's i'm sure many new things to come if we had time I'd, i want to hear more about what you're working on but we <laughs> we will uh we'll talk more and thank you again for your time thank you davies god bless you bless you hey there everyone this is paul drake with Basecamp live and the society for classical learning davies and i are excited you tuned in today We want to hear where you are listening from. So send in a shout out or a question to info at basecamplive.com. And don't forget, share this podcast with someone you think will benefit from it. And until next time, keep on raising the next generation.